0: Talking okay, Shop with Teresa and Brie, the show where we dish out tips and advice for metaphysical business owners and service providers. Now, you might be asking, what is a metaphysical or mystical business owner exactly? Well, if you work as a tarot card reader or astrologer or Reiki healer, intuitive counselor, oracle medium, you know, any kind of spiritual or mystical art, if that is part of your business, we are talking about you. My name is Teresa. And
1: I'm Brie. Hello, everyone. We've both been self-employed sacred artists running our own businesses for decades upon decades, it is true, so we know what goes into running a successful business. We know how much heart, grit, and hustle it takes to get your business afloat and keep things rocking along.
0: And we've been doing this show together once a month now for a number of years. I think this is year number five, uh, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. Is it near, year number five? I, I keep forgetting. It's you know, five, so much, yeah. <laughs> <the side laughs> just flies. And it's like, wait a minute, how long have we been doing this, you know? so. But, yeah, we've been going on this about five years now. And, you know, our whole mission is we really love sharing business strategies and talking business. And we have a mission to see our fellow mystical peoples Thrive and succeed, and this year, by the way, we are doing things a little bit different. Um, we are just focusing on you and me, babe, and instead of guests. We are we're kind of doing our thing together this year a little bit differently, um, and I really love this. So I think this is a lot of fun.
1: Oh, me too. Me too. I really love it too. You know, Teresa and I love having our guest teachers. Um, that we have featured on Talking Shop. We have a couple that we've featured a couple of times because we love them so much. But we also have a lot to share. We've learned a lot, and we have gone through a lot of successes, and we've gone through a lot of failures as well. So we decided this year that, you know, because we love each other so much, we love talking business together, that we were going to let y'all all in on that, and we're both pretty excited about it. So. In each episode of Talking Shop, we do tackle a different topic, and today's topic is sharing, spreading, and feeling the love. It's true, in business and in life. So from the biz perspective, we will be chatting about client care and how we love on our audience. This is something that is crazy important and weirdly, in my opinion, not talked about enough. And from the life perspective, we're going to talk about taking care of our other partnerships, such as our romantic partners, our family, and ourselves. Thanks for tuning in to Listen, Everyone. Let's get the show started.
0: Well, first of all, I want to say Happy Valentine's Day, Bree.
1: (laughs) Happy Valentine's Day, (laughs) This,
0: You know, this is the perfect time to be talking about love, Right um it's it's that time of the year where everyone starts thinking more about the lovey-dovey stuff so i think it's ideal time and we can begin talking about client care you know we can get to that romantic stuff later um but what are some of your (laughs) what are your some of your favorite ways to really love up your clients what do you like to do for them
1: uh, I love this question. Um, I love Valentine's Day. I love love. I mean, y'all know, my logo is like a big, giant heart, so this is not a surprise. Um, so I really like to, first of all, this is very simple, but I think very profound. You know, Teresa, you have a book. I'm writing a book. Um, so, you know, we have gotten to a place in our business where many people who are in similar places, have, like, a whole team uh, that, you know, goes through emails and and answers on behalf of people and so on and so forth. And, you know, no, no criticism there, right? Like, if that's your jam, rock on. But I really feel like one of the best ways that I can show my clients love is by not making it so hard for them to access me. So I am the only person who checks my email. This is also necessary for my kind of work. And I know it is for your kind of work because people email us like super private, confidential stuff, right? That, you know, you can't have other eyes on it. So I, I'm the only person who handles my email. Like I have, you know, I have a site developer, I have a graphic designer, I have a VA that helped me with other things, but when it comes to client correspondence, it is all me, and it does take time, right? Like, it takes significant hours every week, but to me, that relationship really just, it makes it so much more solid, and it really lets my clients and my students know that if they have something come up, they can get a hold of me, and they know that I will respond. I always tell them, you know, it may take, A couple of days right it's not going to happen overnight necessarily but I will respond and the response will come from me not from someone else and so that's really tiny but very very significant Um, and the same thing is true on social media like Mm -hmm. I try to be really good about if somebody comments on something like responding to them you know I'm just I think I'm a Libra right I'm an air sign so keeping communication open is crazy important to me. And so that's one of the primary ways that I show love to my people. What about you?
0: You know, I was going to say pretty much the same thing. And I am a big believer in responding to people real personally. Well, first of all, you know, I don't have a team handling my emails because client confidentiality is extremely important to me. And that's one thing also to really um it's kind of a gift to your clients they know that when they come to me they're not getting anybody else no one's reading their emails no one gets to know what they're all no one gets to know they even contacted me unless they decide to do that (laughs) so creating that space of of uh privacy and sacredness and um personal like real personal service i think is really important that is one of the best ways that you can really show your clients love I think passing them off to an assistant. I got to tell you, when I contact someone and I get passed off to assistant, I always feel like, "Wow, you're putting this big barrier between me." Like, you know, like I have cooties or something. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I I
1: feel the same way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it does turn me off. I have to admit that it turns me off a lot. So I love it when people get right in there with me and. You know, say, "Hey, I've got you, you're taken care of, you've got me, you know, I'm here." I love that, and I want my clients to feel the same way. I want them to feel that I'm approachable, that I'm a real person behind this business. You know, there are, of course, some things that are automated, but those are also automated to make it convenient for people. You know, I started using okay. an automated um, client scheduler, and this is also a way to really love up a client. They are able to go. Pick a date on that works for them. They get reminders sent to them. You know, so these are just really simple ways to show your clients love. But I think one of the best things you can do is really be present and personal for them. And that starts by answering your emails yourself so that people know that you're really there for them, that you really give a darn about them. Mhm. hmm Mm-hmm. And another thing, too, I, I think agree. that's really important is really treating people like you're happy to see them and i always am happy to see my clients there's nothing worse than when you feel as a client and i've dealt with service practitioners before where you can tell that they're just not enthused like it's a bother i don't like that i want people to feel like you are so welcome i'm so happy to see you i'm so happy you're doing business here and i think people can really feel that bleeding through Uh, when they work with me. I'm really happy to be with them, and I let them know that. What about you? Do you feel like you also get turned? Can you tell when people are, like, not happy to do business with you?
1: Oh, man, I can totally tell. I mean, both things that she said. Like, I really, I I do not like automatic responses, and I do not like, you know, like some assistant or someone getting back to me. Um, especially, like, when we're looking at micro businesses. I mean, if I emailed Coca-Cola, I would not expect the CEO of Coke to email me back. But, like, when we're dealing with micro businesses where, you know, an individual is really, like, the mast of the company, um, I, I want to hear from that person, you know. And if, if they don't have time, then I kind of wonder about, other things that are going on, you know, and, and absolutely with service practitioners, like, I mean, I think when you said, like, you need to be present with your clients, that says it all, right? Like, if you're not excited to see me, then, you know, I'm not excited for anything, right? I'm not excited for the massage that you're going to give me or the pedicure that you're going to give me or the tarot reading that you're going to give me. I'm not excited to give you money, Like, it just sets the whole tone for what should be a really amazing experience to just kind of be lackluster and meh. And so I hate that. I totally, totally hate that. Um, And I think, you know, as you were speaking, Teresa, another thing that came to my mind, and this is kind of not the most obvious, but I think it's really true, is that having clear policies in your business is a really good way to show client love. It's a really good way to love your clients. Like when you set up the expectation of, you know, this is what you're going to get and this is how the time is going to go and here's what I can do and here's what I can't do and here's what I will do and here's what I won't do, I think that also really can create a loving relationship because then everyone knows what they're mm-hmm. in for. Everybody knows what to expect that. And and there's not, it's much less likely to have miscommunication, much less likely to have, you know, unhappy expectations or disappointed Mm -hmm. expectations. And that's really important to me. I want people to feel like after we've worked together, like, you know, that they are are on a high for the rest of the day. And so I think having clear policies really sets that up.
0: Yeah, you bring up a really good thing here too. I think when you have a policy is really laid out for the clients, you're really guiding them as to, you know, how, what to expect, and it also minimizes conflicts and problems. It's like starting out a romantic relationship right, right? You know, when you know yeah. what somebody's all about and what their, you know, things are that they're into or not into, you're more likely then to be able to go into that relationship really mindful right off the get-go on whether or not you're going to enjoy being with them. And it's the same with business. When people are aware of who we are as people, what our policies are, I think that is just such a great way to get started off on the right foot. And, you know, that can lead to a healthy relationship, and there's nothing better than having healthy relationships with our clients, much as we would want a healthy relationship with our partner.
1: Yes, absolutely. So, you know, this is is really good because it makes me wonder about the times that we've all had where we have a challenging client situation, right? I mean, we all know that no matter how clear-cut your policies are, and sometimes they're not as clear-cut as they should be, you know, there will be miscommunications, there will be misunderstandings, um, You know, things happen in both people's lives. And so we do have challenging clients and challenging client situations. And so, Teresa, I want to know from you, like, how do you remain helpful and loving even when the person that you're talking to is not
0: in a helpful and loving right. place? <laughs> You know, that's a really good question too when you think about it because oftentimes when people are being, you know, negative or mean, which sometimes people can be like that, even in, you'd be surprised, even in spiritual businesses, uh, you know, automatically our reaction is we get hurt, we're angry, we want to strike back, um, you know, so I think those things can come up. But I find when you are, first of all, operating from a place where you're really centered, where you love your work, where you're knowing that you're putting in your all and doing a good thing, I think it makes it a little bit easier for you to remain calm and grounded, even if you're dealing with somebody who might be negative or might be, you know, difficult. And one of the things I also try to remember, too, is that, number one, I can't please everybody. No matter how nice I am, no matter how good I am at my work, you know, every once in a while there's going to be somebody who just doesn't get it or they don't get me. I also know that even if I put out the most clearest instructions, there are going to be people who still don't understand the instructions. Um, They don't get it. You know, they don't read the instructions. They don't care about it. So there's always these situations that are going to arise. And first of all, again, if you are really centered, you're going to find that you're able to deal with them much better. And the other thing is I always try to not take it personally, even though that's not easy because sometimes people can get real difficult. I just try to remember, look, it's, it's just business. And then I center myself before I respond, and I always try to respond as neutrally and kindly as I possibly can. In some cases, it might be that I have to point them to the policy, and sometimes that still makes them mad. You know, For example, I have a, a policy that if you pull a no-show, your payment is forfeited. I'm very clear right. about that in all of my instructions. And even with that being clear and the client understanding that, once in a blue moon, someone's going to miss their appointment and they're uh, mad because their payment is forfeited. You know, they get real angry. And I have to explain to them as kindly as possible that I'm sorry that you feel this way, but this is my policy and here's why. So all you can do, I think, is be as centered as possible and try your best to, again, not take it personally. What about you? You know, what are some ways that you, if you deal with a challenging client, how do you remain helpful and loving when they're really, being difficult, yeah,
1: yeah. and I mean, it's such a good question, and I really like your approach. I think that one of the key things you said is not taking it personally. Right. Um, even when it is personal, you know, I mean, I've had, I've, I've had. Fortunately, most of my clients are absolute angels, and my students are the same way. Um, you know, but I definitely have had a handful over the years that, you know, got downright nasty, yep. um, and personal. And I think that, that just not taking it personally is, is absolutely bar none the, the first thing. Um, something that I learned actually in high school when I volunteered with at-risk youth was one of the keys to nonviolent communication and I think nonviolent communication is yeah. not like a ma- I don't, I, I don't think it's a magic bullet, uh, you know, solution, but I do think it has some really worthwhile qualities. And one of, one of the things I learned that I have used ever since learning it and I was like 15 years old is to make I statements, you know? So for instance, like if you're, really angry with me because, you know, the cost of something was more than you thought it would be, you know, instead of saying, well, you should have looked and you should have checked and you should have mm-hmm. emailed me and saying, you know, uh, what I'm hearing is that this is a problem and, you know, this is where I laid out my policy regarding this. And so I'm not sure where our lines got crossed, but clearly they did somewhere. And making I statements so that, you know, you're not blaming somebody else, right, I think is really, really helpful. It, it, it just kind of evens out the playing field. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think another thing that is really important in charge situations, whether it's with a client or, you know, a partner, uh, you know, a colleague, really anyone is to let the person who is upset know that they are being heard. I think a lot of times, you know, angry situations spiral into angrier situations because the person with the grievance feels like they are not being listened to. They're not being heard. And, And so if you can let them know, I hear this. I hear this and I take this seriously. I'm not brushing you off. I'm not dismissing you. Now, that doesn't mean I agree with you necessarily, Mm -hmm. but I hear what you're saying. I think that makes a really big difference.
0: Right, 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 totally. Because, again, it's about being present. It's about being present and saying, I heard you. Even if I don't agree with you and even if I'm not honoring your request, I hear you. I think that does help. And, you know, sometimes it's really interesting, too, when I've dealt with some Particularly nasty people. Um, you know, no matter what you say, no matter how kind you are, they're sometimes looking for someone that they can just take their problems out on. And that's yeah. something that I have to remind myself because the few times people have gotten very nasty, and it's usually over like really like foolish, stupid things, it's like, whoa, where is this coming from? And oftentimes it has nothing to do with me or our transaction or anything like that. They've got some other thing going on. They've got a bigger issue going on. So if I can look at that perspective when they're being really especially negative, that allows me then to send them a lot of compassion because they probably have something else going on. I mean, at least that's what I think. And that's what I found in some cases, too, where later they come back and say, oh, my God, I'm sorry I was so nasty, but, you know, I had a bad day and blah, blah, blah. So being compassionate and present, it's not easy, but sometimes that's what they need. Yeah,
1: so true. So, so true.
0: So, you know, let's talk about some marketing practices um, that every entrepreneur might want to implement that would be a great way to be loving and kind and, you know, so forth with our clients. What are some of the kind marketing practices that you do? What do you implement? Yes.
1: You know, it's so funny. I asked my sacred arts group on Facebook. um, I just checked in with them and I asked them like, what, what marketing practices do you really love right now? Like in our industry and what marketing practices do you really hate? And it was great to hear their responses. Um, because it really informed you know, it really informs, like, like my own as I look at different ways that people market. Um, so I hate, personally, sales funnels. Um, mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know what that is, that's where you, like, click on a link that takes you to a page, and you click on another link that takes you to a page, and you click on another link that takes you to the page. And, you know, as you go down the funnel, further and further down, finally you get to the thing that the person wants you to buy. And they can be successful for sure. I mean, there's a lot of big names, big companies that use them. Um, It feels super manipulative to me. So, you know, when it comes to marketing, I feel like the most loving and kind thing to do is to tell the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Simple, simple, but, but important. Tell the truth. Tell the truth in a way that inspires. You know, I feel like so much of what I see and what I have seen over the last couple of years, especially on social media and with marketing specifically, even in our industry, right, is really based on fear, on making people feel afraid, on making people feel like they're in pain, and on tearing people down in subtle ways and in not Mm -hmm. so subtle ways. And so I really, like, I personally do not like that. It doesn't Mm -hmm. work for me. It doesn't persuade me at all. And if you try to tell me to be afraid of something, I'm just, like, so going to go in the opposite direction. Um, And I think it's crappy. I just think it's crappy behavior. So I feel like tell the truth in a way that is inspiring and that builds you up. Build someone up instead of tearing them down. Mm. Um, I think that, like, those two things to me are so important. And then the other thing that's crazy practical, but, like, I know, Teresa, you've seen this too, make your freaking prices available easily. Mm. Do not make me go hunt for how much something is. Like, I just, it, like, I just, I will leave. I will leave your site, yep. you know? And so tell me what you're doing. Tell me why it's worthwhile. Tell me why it is going to add something to my life and and in a way that inspires me and that lifts me up, not in a way that is negative, that tears me down or tears someone else down, right? And And tell me how much it's going to cost. Like, just be upfront in those ways. And I think that that is so kind and so loving. So that that is my take on this question. I mean, we could spend hours talking about it, but, like, those are my three things. What about you? What's your thought on it?
0: Well, first of all, amen. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> I, I'm going to nod my head and agree with all of these things. You know, I don't like to feel like I'm being manipulated, and I also am a stickler about I want to see your prices. Because if I know that those prices are not there and you want to give me, like, a free, like, sample call, I know what's going to happen. You're going to then do a cold call, hard sell on me, and I don't like feeling like a cornered animal. So I think yeah. it's important to have the prices straight up front so everybody knows what they're going. And, you know, that helps your clients, too, because somebody might look and say, you know, Bree's too expensive. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go somewhere else. That's right. That's, That's being right. kind. Um It's letting them know right off the bat if if this is within their budget or not. So I think the pricing thing is so important because uh, if I go to a site just like you and if those prices are not available, if I don't know how much you're charging, I know you're about to pull something here. So I I tend to leave those sites. And I also Uh do those sales funnel things. I don't like those. I know they're wise business, and I've had people tell me, "Eh, you should do those too. But I don't like them because I feel like, yeah, you know, you're kind of – pulling me in here and again it feels Mm -hmm. manipulative and i also agree with you everything about the wording that we use and there are some people that use what is called uh what are they called the social triggers or something
1: oh Oh, yes yes
0: to get people to want to buy and i'm like gee do we have to be like this does it have to be like we um we're negging people (laughs) in order to get them to sign up i think um Encouraging and inspiring and empowering is way better than going into those pain points and all those things. I can't stand that stuff. I'm I'm totally with you on that. Um, Do you ever hear that? What is that guy called? Ah, there was this guy who had this thing where he, he teaches men how to like um how to be like players. <laughs> oh, and to- I totally.
1: Yes, I know exactly who you're talking about, and I'm totally not thinking of his name, but I know. Yeah, yeah he had a yeah, television
0: yeah. show. Oh, his name was Mystery. He had a television show, you know, and I watched a little bit of it, and I thought some of their techniques were kind of like the techniques some of these marketers use. And so sometimes when I see those manipulative techniques, I think of that show. I, uh, God, I wish I remember what it was called, but it was something about, um. Uh, well, anyhow, it's about teaching guys how to, like, you know, um, play a game or something on women. So it, it, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. But no, that's like, exactly like what like some of these like... um, businesses do, you know, and what? I can't stand it. So
1: yeah.
0: I know it's, it's going to come It's to emotional
1: me. manipulation. You know, it'll come, it'll come to you. When it comes to you, just blurt it out. Right.
0: No, um, yeah, but it is. The pickup artist.
1: manipulation. The pickup artist, that's what it
0: was. Yes. <laughs> that's yes. it. It's the pickup artist. And, you know, that's what a lot of times – I mean, even though we're, like, being, you know, funny here, it's really not funny. They are using techniques that are very similar to that. And there's a technique in the pickup artist that's called the neg, and that is where you kind of put someone down a little bit to make them work harder to be around you. Which, by the way, if some dude put me down, uh, that's going to end it. I'll be like, I'm done with that. (laughs) But, you know, these are techniques that they teach in this pickup artist school, and I think somehow that it's gotten infiltrated into marketing, and it's like, ew. So, yeah. Don't do yeah. those things, and people. I,
1: and I don't do those things. And, you know, it's easy to do them because there are a lot of self-appointed, self-anointed marketing gurus out there um, who will tell you the exact opposite advice. You know, they'll say, you know, make, like, create those sales funnels, you know, and, and, you know, make the numbers hard to find. And, I mean, all of these things, like, people do them because they've been told to do them by other people, right? And so, I mean, if you've done it, it's not like something to drag yourself over the coals about. But, you know, I always remind myself and I remind my team, like, when we got into this business so that we could do business the way we want to the way that feels good to us you know when you're an entrepreneur there's a lot of things that you don't have security with right. but the trade off is that you get to have autonomy in exactly this kind of a thing you know you get to decide how how do you want to market to people yes. you know what feels good to you and so like this is our sweet spot this is where we can really get creative and, and you know, be positive and be unique and really bring our own voices to things. And I just think that's important. And I think that's a very loving thing to do for your people yes. and for your business,
0: actually, too. You know, one of the people that I admire who does it really well is Randy Buckley. Now, Randy Buckley has appeared yes. on a previous show with us to talk about, you know, kind boundaries for uh, spiritual entrepreneurs. And, you know, everything that Randy does, she teaches healthy boundaries for business people and healthy boundaries for kind people. Um, and all of her marketing, all the things she writes, it never has that, that vibe. It always has this sincere, I'm gonna help you. And that's why I've invested in Randy again and again because I know that, you know, she's coming at me the right way and I know I feel safe with her. That's it. I feel safe yeah. like I'm not being you. It.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. That's, that's hugely important. I think that's so right. And I think, you know, Alexandra Franzen, who we've yeah. also had as a guest on the show and who we both love, is another example of that. You know, you get her newsletter, and you know, you go to her site, and you just, there's nothing about anything she does that feels pushy or sleazy or manipulative. It just feels like love and enthusiasm and just like aren't we so lucky that we get to do what we do
0: yeah (laughs) you know another person who's really good now this person's not all lovey-dovey but they're very straightforward they're very honest there's no bs is paul jarvis and i subscribe to his newsletter and i love his work because it is so this is who i am this is what i'm all about um you know, and I just think he's he's really presenting things in a way that's very clean, clear, straightforward. And another person that I think does a really good job that with a no BS marketing is Fabeku. Yeah, we've had yes, Fabeku yes. on our show twice. He's just this is the right way to do marketing. These are the people I like to watch. I learn from yes. Fabeku. I learn from Paul Jarvis. I learn from Alexandra. I learn from Randy Buckley. These are all people that I think people in our industries. Should watch these people and how they 're doing it because they 're doing it right,
1: yeah, I agree, and Rachel Cook is another one, yes, who I think is really clear she 's compelling you 're like, I want to know what what this awesome blog is about, you know yeah, doesn 't feel funky or manipulative at all
0: no, rachel cook also she 's got a wonderful podcast that uh, I listen to from time to time. And it's just so loving. It's so kind. It's such a good podcast. And even like when she's doing things that, that is like more like a traditional sales funnel thing, you know what? It doesn't, it never has that, um, that icky vibe to it. You don't know exactly no, what I mean. Entirely. It never feels like that. Yeah. It always feels like, oh, I feel safe with you. And that's really it. They're creating this feeling that you're being cared for, that you're safe that they care about you, they care about your work, and actually Rachel really does. Her podcast is called Uncomplicate Your Business. It's fantastic. I think everybody should so listen good. to that as well as our podcast. <laughs>
1: yeah, I agree. So, you know, we've talked about marketing, which is huge, and every business has to, you know, find their way in and find their philosophy around it. But another big place for businesses are Our newsletters and our blogs. So, how can we make our newsletters and our blogs like a love letter to our clients, Teresa? I'm looking at you.
0: Well, you know, I love it. it. I love newsletters and I love blogs, and I'm kind of like a blogaholic. I want to start by talking about the newsletter. I think the newsletter is the most important part of your marketing campaign. Because a newsletter is going to be reaching people directly. When they sign up for your newsletters, what they're saying is, hey, I want to hear from you. So it's really important if you uh, are running a business that you should have some kind of a newsletter. I mean, it's a place where you can let people know about sales. You can let them know what's going on with your life. You can just show them all the things that you have to offer them. And you can also remind them that, hey, I'm here if you need me. So everybody should have one. And one of the first things you should be doing is, is really being consistent with your newsletters. You know, there's nothing that ticks me off more than I sign up for a newsletter, I never hear from the person, and finally, like maybe a year later, they're like, well, I'm going to try starting this up again. And it's like, oh, why oh. You know,
1: <laughs>
0: why did you even put this newsletter out if you aren't going to even take care of it? Once again, you're showing people that you don't, you're not taking care of them. So if you have a newsletter, be consistent, number one. Number two is your newsletters. You shouldn't make them just sale, 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 buy this, everything's on sale, 50% off. Put some stuff in there that's really going to be useful for people. You know, when I do my newsletters, it's kind of like a combo. I like to put in some little stories about maybe something that's going on with my life or maybe I might want to talk about something in the news that really inspired me. I'll find something to talk about. Sometimes I even just post a picture of my darn cat because the cats are always up to something. So I put a little story in there. I always put in for my at the beginning of the month uh newsletter, I put in a tarot card for the month. I put in uh horoscope information with a link to the forecast that they can go to on the blog if they want to get all the personal scopes. I put a little affirmation in there. Um, I'll let them know links to like my podcasts and things that I'm doing and classes and stuff like that. So, you know, it's really filled with information. So One of the things I really do is I try to make my beginning-of-the-year newsletter super full with useful information that people are going to find helpful, and then I do a second one in the middle of the month, and that might be just to touch base with people or if I have a sale or if I'm launching something or to let them know about, again, a podcast. I put that out there, too, so I just usually do twice a month. It's rarely I do more than that um, because I think twice a month for me feels like enough, And it's always, again, my goal is let me inspire, let me educate people, let me give you something useful. Here's a couple things I'm doing if you want to work with me. But, you know, there's never any of the pressure around it. I try not to put any of that icky sales pressure because, you know, that's not that's not how I like to be approached. So I don't like to approach people that way. So my big rules, be consistent, create a lot of useful information. Now, some people will put, like, their blog post with a link to the blog post and Alex Fran, Alexander Franson does that. And that's good too. Because once again, you're giving people useful information. And that's why mm-hmm. they sign up. They want the sales stuff too, but they want to get a feel for who you are, what you're all about, what's going on in your world. You know, so I try to really keep it like that. I want it to feel like you're chatting with me and we're having a good time and here's all kinds of stuff to think about or things that you can use. And the same with the blog. I think if you're going to have a blog, be consistent. I cannot stress enough how consistency is so important because it keeps you on people's mind, but also you're providing people with information that can help them. And the same thing goes for your blogs as it goes with your newsletters. What kind of useful information can you provide for people? How are you going to help people? If you're in a service business, your your whole goal should be on service. And so that's my that's my theory, and that's what i I tend to uh like to promote. Be consistent, be helpful. What about you? What that's is your huge. advice? That's huge.
1: Well, I agree. I mean, I agree with every single thing that you said um you know, and really, the only thing that I would add is with your newsletter you know i I think that the newsletter is the absolute most important part mm-hmm. of my of my marketing and of communicating. To my business, um, for my business, right? Because, you know, I have a lot of followers on Facebook and I have a Facebook page. And, you know, I mean, you know, we, we both do social media. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: But, you know, your social media stuff, it, it's very ephemeral, right? It goes out and people see it and a lot of people don't see it. And, you know, it, it, it's great for immediate connection. But your subscribers, your newsletter subscribers, like Teresa said, you know, they have said, hey, I am making space for you in my inbox. And everybody's inbox is full right now. Everybody's inbox is very crowded. So, like, that is a real honor. And so, you know, I think I agree with, like, first of all, you know, don't have an opt-in for a newsletter and then never write a newsletter Certainly don't have an option for a newsletter, never write a newsletter, and then when you finally do, be trying to sell something um, right. with the very first newsletter, right? I mean, that that is just like, yeah, you know, that's a huge turnoff for people. Um, I, my newsletters are, I, they're long, they're narrative and voice. Um, I have a separate list. That is for when I'm going to put something up for sale or I have a new offering because I I decided last year that I really didn't like having, you know, I I like my, my core lunar letter, which goes out on the full moon and the new moon. I like that to be just you know, whatever is going on, my thoughts on a particular thing. They're kind of like essay forms. I've had so many of my clients and my subscribers say, you know, I wait for this and I open it up and I light a candle and, you know, I take time to read it and I make a little ritual of it. And I mean, that to me is just like, that is that is like the whole reason why I do what I do, you know, is so that somebody will like get something that is of use for them, in the content that i put out there so i mean that's huge to me and and so i think that consistency is key and i also think doing it in your style and in your voice um is really important you know just like with marketing there's a lot of you know i was on facebook the other day and i saw somebody was like you know sign up for my list and you'll get a hundred email newsletter templates that, you know, will guarantee people will open. And, I mean, that's great. And also, that may totally not be you. That may totally not be your voice. And, you know, your people subscribe to you because they want to hear from you. Yeah. And so I think that that is really important. And, you know, like, I think of it as a love letter. I, I think of, you know, what has my community been working on this month, what have I heard people making comments about? What kinds of questions have I gotten? Um, you know, when I sit down to write my full moon lunar letter, I think about that like what what are we really yearning to hear about right now? Um, sometimes the thing that I want to write on It's not the thing that the community is really asking to read, right? Right. And so then I'll make some decisions about, you know, I really think, like, that's a great idea, Brianna, but maybe in a couple of months right now this really needs to be addressed. You know, an example of this is when the White Supremacy Rally happened in Charlottesville. My community was very affected by that, right? I have a very diverse community of people. I needed to write about that right then, and mm-hmm. I and I wasn't really ready to do it, but I had to get ready to do it because my community needed to hear something. So that also, I think, is the power of the newsletter. And the same with blog posting, you know, um, you can take time off from blogging. Basically, last year I, I, I more or less took the year off from blogging because I had a bunch of other writing projects that I had to get done. Um, let your community know. Right? Let your community know that that's what's happening and why it's happening. And, and, and when you do blog, do it consistently. It's also yep. really good for your Google ranking. And, uh, and be helpful. I mean, that, I think, Teresa, you really nailed it with that. Like, be freaking helpful, you know? That, that is the key.
0: Absolutely. I think it is so, so important. And here's another rule, too don't add people to your list without their permission. That is oh, the yeah. most unloving thing to do, and nothing ticks me off faster. I have people, like I'll do an appointment with them, and then they add me to their list. I'm like, are you serious? I didn't ask to be on this list. And I think yeah. that is very, pu- <laughs> I think it's very pushy and it's very assuming. Uh, I can't stand that. Or, like, I even had somebody recently say, hey, I'd love to send you this free report that I did. And I said, sure, send it. And they <laughs> said, well, just sign up here. No, I'm not going to sign up to your list. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Don't do these things, people. Don't sign people (laughs) to lists without permission.
1: And this includes, like, Facebook groups. Like, do not add people to Facebook groups unless they have asked you to add them. Do not.
0: Yeah, because, you know, that doesn't feel like a love letter. You're not enticing me. It's like you're pushing me through a door, and I don't like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) exactly. Not good. No bueno.
0: Let's talk real quickly and briefly about colleagues. What are some practices that we can do that might create a positive ripple in our communities? What are your? Yeah, I think that the first, yeah.
1: So I think make colleagues right have colleagues. I mean, especially for entrepreneurs who are um, virtual, it's hard to have colleagues. I mean, I feel very fortunate, Teresa that you and I were thrown together and we we came together because we were taking a class together, actually, yep. right? And I mean, it's been a five plus year amazing collegial relationship. Um, but it wouldn't have happened actually if Teresa, being the outgoing Gemini that she is, hadn't reached out. You know? I mean you reached out and you were like, hey you know and
0: We so, need to be friends.
1: I <laughs> We need to be friends. And I was like, yes we do. So you know, make colleagues is the first thing. reach out to people that you admire um and you know right, like not everybody is into it, and you're gonna get you may get people who are like, "No, sorry but but you know, just reach out to people and and reach out to them without an ulterior motive right yes, like just just I did you, I did your style, what's your story, let's talk um." And I think that that's huge. I think that for people who have brick-and-mortar businesses, Heather Lee Navarre is is a great example to model. You know, she has become active in her local chamber of commerce. Yeah. Um, she has, you know, made, she has become close colleagues with a lot of other business owners. Heather Lee is a beloved tarot reader, and she owns um, the Boston Tea Room in Detroit, and which is a wonderful metaphysical shop. And and so she has, like, she has networked and made colleagues on the ground because she has a brick-and-mortar business. If you have a virtual business, it's a little trickier, right, because, like, you don't see the website next door. Right. But, but you need to get to know people. And I think that masterminds, including, like, you know, a two-person mastermind, like Teresa and I have a mind meld, and it's just the two of us. And I think that right. those – can be super helpful too, and then the other thing, and I also have to say, Teresa, you taught me this, for virtual businesses especially, you need to go meet people face-to-face. Mm-hmm. You do. Um, your, in, your industry, whatever your industry that is, there are conferences, there are gatherings that happen, um, and you need to go, you need to go and meet people, you know, I, I did not do that for quite a while, you know, I have a lot in my eighth house, I have a lot in Scorpio, I'm very private, And Teresa, like, three years ago was like, hey, you really need to come to the Reader Studio. It's awesome. And it was amazing. And I made so many friends that are colleagues just from going to that one event. You know, I made the connection that I made that ended up, you know, culminating in my book deal by going to a conference. And so, you know, that is really important, too. And I think for a lot of virtual-based people, Mm -hmm. like, we aren't necessarily extroverted in that way. We don't necessarily want to get out that way. We don't want to spend the money. We don't want to spend the time.
0: But it is crazy important. So
1: that's my take on it. What about you, Teresa? I uh,
0: once again, I'm nodding my head. I agree with all those things. And I think the other thing too is, you know, when we're out there dealing with people, our our colleagues in person or online, to really try to be as kind as possible. You know, sometimes there's some people out there that are a little salty, and you're just going to have to find a way to try to be positive, try to be helpful. Uh, and I love to uplift my colleagues. I love, you know, pointing people to their work. I love referring people. Uh, I like mentioning people on my blogs when I think they're doing a great job. I like reaching out on social media to say, hey, you know, I'm here for you. I think those are all things that we can do to Really be positive role models. Be out there. Be positive. Be supportive. Uplift people. It's really pretty simple. And don't get into the Internet wars with people. I learned the hard way that that's not worth it. It's not worth it at all. If somebody's got some kind of war going on or whatnot, it's like, you know what? I don't need to be in this. I'm not going to contribute anything, anything even if I'm trying to. So those are also things to keep in mind. Huge.
1: Now, I want to switch it over to the personal really quickly. So you've been married for a long time, my friend, and both you and your husband are creative entrepreneurs. So how do you keep the love alive when you're both so busy?
0: Ah, that's always such a good question. Well, the first thing is we have what I call containers for us to both do our work. In other words, when it's work time, it's work time, and I do my work, he does his work, and we both give each other the space to do that. So, you know, we're not, like, um, up each other's back all the time. But then we also have things scheduled in that are really for us. We love taking our morning walk together, running errands together. That's our time to be together. At night, we like kicking back and watching, like, Game of Thrones together. You know, we have date nights that we do at the movies. That's our favorite thing to do in a date night. You know, so we have those little things scheduled. So it's really about creating those containers for romance, but also the containers to work undisturbed. So that's how we do it. Yeah. What about you guys?
1: Very similar, right? I think that that's huge. Um, having the containers, knowing what the schedule is. And then the other thing that you said is actually scheduling time. Like, yeah. I mean, when I when we started working together, I actually put time on the calendar. Now I don't have to do that anymore. But I did. I did for like a year and a half, and I'm really glad that I did um, okay. because, it's something you think that you'll make time for, and then you don't. And so yep. I think that that is crazy important, really important.
0: Super important. And, you know, um, I think it really comes down to we have to make time for that love, just like we have to make time to take care of our, take care of our clients and ourselves. You know, um, yeah. the other thing I want to say, too, is I'm an empty nester. You know, my kids are very grown. They're off doing their own things. There's no kids underfoot. So I think for our last question, we want to focus on what is advice for the parents who are running their spiritual businesses, but they also have families that need their attention. Bree, how do you do it?
1: Yes. So I have a six-year-old. My husband and I both work in our business from home, um, and we're pregnant with our second child. He was due in June. So it is definitely a balancing act. Um, but it's a lot of the things that we've we've already talked about, you know. Um, having I like how you said it, Teresa. Having your containers, you know, like my business day basically follows in alignment with my little boy's school day, right? Mm-hmm. So after he gets home, most days, every now and then, I'll have if I have a client who is overseas or in a different time zone, and we have to do a late session. I will but that is very rare that happens maybe two times a month right Mm -hmm. mostly I'm done by 3 p.m. because that's when he gets out of school that means that I get up around 5 and I get a couple of hours of work done before he gets up right? right so I think like as a mom you you have to be flexible and you know the the nine to five schedule that is, quote, unquote, ideal, may not really work for you. Um, you know, you've got to sneak those hours in when you can. It also really helps to be ruthlessly organized. Yeah. So, you know, if you have an editorial calendar for your newsletters, for your blog posts, um, if you have social media posts, if you're on social and you have those posts pre-written and pre-scheduled, right, like those those things can really, really help you, um, you know, when the kids get sick or you get sick or he's got to come home from school, you know, or what have you. And then the other thing that's critical is to know when when the little ones have their breaks. Um, So spring break, you know, go through the academic calendar as soon as you get it. Usually you get it in August or a July, go through the academic calendar and mark your calendar with, you know, when does school start, when is holiday break, what are the long weekends, you know, we had a two-week holiday break and the next Monday he's out again because those are days off that you need to account for in some way, right, whether right. you hire someone to help you or you, you know that that's the day that you're taking off so maybe you're going to work on Saturday instead. Like, you know, you need to know what their schedule is and really help you with your business schedule. Um, And then take care of yourself, right? Take care of yourself and enjoy your family. I I always remind our family, you know, the reason that we do this work is we don't live life to do this work. We do this work so that we can live the life we want. Um, And I think that is
0: crazy important. (laughs) Yes, I love that. I love it. Yeah. All right, so we're coming down to the last few minutes, and we're going to wrap up.
1: Yes, we are. So we are going to wrap up this episode of Talking Shop, and as always, we like to look at the advice that's been doled out. Teresa, what was your biggest takeaway from this discussion?
0: Well, first of all, I love what you just said about why we do this work. Uh, The other thing, too, that you said that I think is really brilliant is that the inbox is a real honor. And so we need to treat it as such with our clients and put those newsletters out there and, you know, be consistent because it is, like you said, an honor to be in that. So I love that. What about you? What is your little favorite piece of advice from everything we just talked about?
1: I love everything you say, but I really like the point that you made about collegiality, like Mm -hmm. not getting into Internet wars, not creating drama on social media, Not to, I mean, again, not taking things personally, like when people bump up against each other, sometimes we bump up against each other, you know, and I think like, you're so professional and also so kind and warm at the same time. And so I think that that is such brilliant advice, you know, on on how to form those relationships and really
0: take care of them. I think that's huge. Yeah, because our colleagues need love from us. You know, they certainly don't need us to be competitive or negative. And it's not always easy to be that way, but I think if we do our best to set a kind and loving example and to reach out without a motive except just to simply support or connect, I think that's really a great thing. So before we sign off, a happy reminder. If you love Talking Shop, don't forget that you can listen to all of the previous shows for free on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Just look for a talking shop with Teresa and Bree, and you'll find all the episodes there. You can also visit the talking shop archives. So on my site, you go to thetarolady.com. Com. You're going to want to click on free resources and hop on down to podcasts, and you'll find the talking shop archives there. What about on your site, Bree? Where can they find the archives?
1: Same deal, you guys. Go to briannataffy. Click on the resources tab. You will find a tab that says free resources. Click on that, and it will take you right to Talking Shop and to the archive.
0: Awesome. And people, you like this show, and I hope you like this show. We certainly work hard on it. We'd love it if you'd leave a kind review on iTunes because that's going to help more metaphysical business owners find their way to Talking Shop. Okay, folks, that's a wrap for this episode. Please join us again next month for another round of Talking Shop. And until then, you can find me, Teresa. At the tarotlady.com. Brie, where can they find you?
1: And you can all find me at com. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. We hope that you keep taking action to build the mystical businesses of your dreams. Stay on your grind and make it a great month. We know you will. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.